grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. Sunday after Pentecost is found recorded in the book of Genesis chapter 3 beginning at the 8th verse. This portion of scripture will serve as the basis for our sermon this morning. This is the fall into sin. They heard the voice of the Lord who was walking around in the garden during the cooler part of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. The Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? The man said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, so I hid myself. God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree from which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree, and I ate. The Lord God said to the woman, What have you done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the livestock and more than every wild animal. You shall crawl on your belly, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. I will put hostility between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He will crush your head, and you will crush his heel. This is the word of the Lord. Our second lesson is found recorded in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning at the 13th verse. The Apostle Paul writes, Since we have the same spirit of faith, which corresponds to what is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. We also believe, and therefore we speak. For we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and bring us together with you into his presence. In fact, all this is for your benefit, so that as grace increases, it will overflow to the glory of God as more and more people give thanks. Therefore, we are not discouraged, but even if our outer self is wasting away, yet our inner self is being renewed day by day. Yes, our momentary Light to trouble produces for us an eternal weight of glory that is far beyond any comparison. We are not focusing on what is seen, but on what is not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. This is the word of the Lord. We read from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 3, beginning at the 20th verse. They went into a house, a crowd gathered again, so that they were not even able to eat a meal. When his own people heard this, they went out to take control of him, because they were saying, he is out of his mind. The experts in the law who came down from Jerusalem were saying, he is possessed by Beelzebub, and he drives out demons by the ruler of demons. Jesus called them together and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? 
If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but is finished. On the other hand, no one can enter a strong man's house to steal his possessions unless he ties up the strong man first. Then he can plunder his house. Amen, I tell you, everything will be forgiven people, their sins and whatever blasphemies they may speak. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. Jesus said this because they were saying, he has an unclean spirit. Then his mother and his brothers arrived. While they were standing outside, they sent word to Jesus, calling for him. A crowd was sitting around him. They began to tell him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside looking for you. He replied, Who are my mother and my brothers? He looked at those who sat around him in a circle, and he said, Look, my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. This is the gospel. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded in the very first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis chapter 3, beginning at verse 8. I'd like to read this section once more. They heard the voice of the Lord God who was walking around in the garden during the cooler part of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. The Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? The man said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree from which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree, and I ate. The Lord God said to the woman, What have you done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the livestock and more than every wild animal. You shall crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. I will put hostility between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel and crush his heel. This is the word of the Lord. Brothers and sisters in Christ, are you one who likes good news first and then the bad? Thinking that maybe if you get the good news first, that will help ease the pain of the bad. Or are you one that would rather hear the bad news first and then the good, thinking let's get the bad news out of the way, always hoping and praying that the good news is going to be greater than the bad news you are going to about to hear. I can honestly say that I'd rather hear the bad news first and then the good news. And this morning, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to start with the bad news. But this bad news isn't just bad. It's not even just very bad. It's the worst news of all. But the good news isn't just even good. It's not even just very good. In fact, it's the greatest news you will ever hear. But we first start with the bad news. 
the worst news of all, Adam and Eve sinned. They ate from the tree that God forbid them to eat from. In fact, he commanded it. In the Garden of Eden where God placed Adam and Eve and, and even gave them the command to rule and manage it and blessed them with the gift of work, he set in the middle of the garden two special trees. One tree was called the Tree of Life. He told them to eat from that tree. And in their holy and perfect state that they were created in, if they ate from that tree, they would live forever in that perfect and holy state. The other tree was called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if they ate from that tree, they would surely die. And so the question has always come, why would God put these two trees in? Was he trying to trick them? Was he trying to tempt them or to test them? I agree with Dr. Martin Luther who confessed that these two trees were really their altar. That the very God who gave them the blessing of work also gave them the blessing of worship. And worship in its most basic form is do what God commands and don't do what God forbids. In other words, the do's and don't. Eat from the tree of life. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, to attack God's perfect creation and his greatest creation, Satan would want to destroy worship because he wants to destroy their relationship with the Lord. And so what does he do? He comes to Eve, and Adam, by the way, was right there. He comes to Eve and said, Did God really say that you shouldn't eat from this tree? And of course, that's exactly what God said. But he was offering her a question. And the very first words recorded in the Holy Scripture coming from Satan, that evil angel that God uh, sent from heaven down to hell and created hell for him and all the evil angels, is coming with a question to doubt and deny God's word. Did he say? But he didn't stop there. He would, he would then go on to say, you will not surely die. For if you eat of this tree, you will have knowledge. You will be like God. Humanism. And now he's leading them to doubt and deny God's love for them. Because God's holding back from you. And anytime you doubt and deny God's word, anytime you doubt and deny God's love, that is the definition of of unbelief. Their sin was not simply eating forbidden fruit. Their sin was unbelief. And that was worthy of death in hell. Because of sin and sin that they had committed, it now cursed their very human nature. They couldn't stop sinning. Here they had a perfect relationship with God, living under holiness and righteousness. They had the image of God. And now it is all gone. And because of, of this destroyed relationship with God, the last person they wanted to see was the Lord God. Remember that the punishment of sin is death. And so when they heard God in the cooler part of the day, they immediately hid. 
So God asks the question, where are you? God knew where they were, because God knows everything. He sees everything. He was asking this question because the reply that he was looking for was, I have eaten from the tree, I have sinned, and I am sorry. But instead, what did the man say? Um, I, I, I heard your voice in the garden. See, you scared me. And, and, I, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. He, it, it is as if he is blaming God himself for startling him. You see, it's always God's fault. No responsibility for what you have done. No accountability at all. Always blame the other. So God will ask him point blank, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree I told you not to eat from? Uh, the woman you put here, um, she gave me some fruit and I ate. See, it's, it's the woman's fault, but it's the woman you made, Lord, and the woman you gave me. And once again, we blame the Lord. When the Lord turns to the woman, what have you done? It's a serpent. He, he deceived me and I ate. And even though she doesn't say it, it is clearly implied. Lord, you made the serpent, so it's your fault. I didn't eat from that tree that you commanded me not to eat from. Oh, yes, I ate the fruit, but I didn't really eat it. It was the woman. It was the serpent. It was everyone else. You see, our sinful nature has been cursed by sin because of this fall into sin by Adam and Eve. Every child born from Adam and Eve from this time forward, and we all come from our very first parents, Adam and Eve. Every one of these children, including ourselves, have been born with this sinful nature. We call it inherited sin or original sin. So our very human nature is sin which leads us to actually commit sins ourselves. And one of the sins we love to cherish is the blame game and blame God himself. Do you also see what was missing? What happened to their free will? I hear people tell me all the time, well, Pastor, you know we have free will. You know God created us with free will. And every time I ask, well, what is the definition of free will? I'm always taught, well, we're born with a will to serve God and do good, and of course, a will to sin. Well, if you have the ability to sin, you don't have a free will. Even Jesus himself said, Who, whoever sins is a slave to sin, and there's no freedom in slavery. Why would you ever want to choose sin if you can choose between good and evil. But the honest truth is, is, as sinful human beings, we're born in sin. We can't choose good. We have no free will. The only way for our will to be free is it has to be in Christ Jesus and all that he did for us in paying for our sins. And it comes through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within our hearts, testifying of Jesus, always working through that holy word, moving our hearts to say no to sin and actually wrestling with our sins each and every day. 
Even the Apostle Paul would cry out in his letter to the Romans, who's going to rescue me from this body of death? But thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So know this and know it well. You can't come to God. God came to you. You can't choose God. God chose you. You can't save yourself. God saved you. And notice how he did it. Notice what he says to Adam and Eve. But first, he does make this point. He says to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the livestock and more than every wild animal. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. So the serpent, did he have legs? We don't know. But he's crawling on his belly. Constant reminder of where sin came from and, and who deceived Adam and Eve. In fact, we know from the Holy Scriptures that not only our human nature was cursed by sin, but all of creation has been cursed by sin. But then comes this greatest good news ever given. I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He will crush your head and you will crush his heel. The greatest news is talking about hostility? You would think that good news would sound better because the word hostility isn't always considered a good word, but in this case it is. In order for for God to reestablish his relationship with Adam and Eve, he had to destroy and make Adam and Eve and Satan to be enemies. Because in their unbelief, they befriended Satan. And it would take God and his almighty power to make it happen. Not only would there be hostility between Adam and Eve and the serpent, or I mean Satan, but also between Satan's seed, his offspring, and the woman's seed, her offspring. Now there are two popular teachings on this. One says that the seed of Satan is the demons, and therefore the seed of the woman is mankind. And is there hostility between man and demons? I don't rule it out. But I was always taught to understand it this way, that the seed of Satan is unbelief and therefore unbelievers. And the seed of the woman would be believers. And is there hostility between believers and unbelievers? Yes. The book of Revelation is full of examples and prophecies concerning the Christian church being attacked by the unbelieving world. But one of the Christians one of the offspring of the woman, a human being, but a male, because in the original language, the pronoun is there. It's he, not she or it, he. He, a descendant of Eve, will crush the head, but Satan will crush his heel. Oh, Satan will inflict terrible pain on him, but his head will be crushed he will be destroyed. Everything that he had done in the Garden of Eden will be crushed and overturned. 
And we know that these words are fulfilled in the very cross of Jesus Christ himself, the Son of God who took on human flesh. And this is why he had to be born of the Virgin Mary, so that he could be our Lord. And this very Savior, who took on the sins of the world and paid for them in full, won for us the one thing that crushes Satan's head every time, the forgiveness of sins. And through faith in Christ, your sins have been paid for. Your sins are forgiven. And wherever there is forgiveness, there is the hope of everlasting life in heaven. In fact, the very name that's used here over and over for God, and notice it says Lord God. In fact, in Genesis 1, the word is just simply God, meaning that this is an almighty God who's perfect and holy and all-knowing, and by his mighty word, he created everything in six 24-hour days. But with the creation of Adam and Eve, then the word is for his name, Lord God. And that very word, Lord, was how God revealed himself to Moses at the burning bush. It was the very Lord who took the Israelites from the slavery, from the land of slavery in Egypt, and brought them to the promised land of Canaan. This is the very same Lord who has rescued us from the slavery of sin and will bring us to the promised land of heaven itself, where we will live with God with the full image of God and no longer under the pain of sin and death and suffering and fear. Even now, we don't have to live with those things because we know that our Lord God, who created everything, is the very Lord God who has saved us. Our God is our Savior. So as you leave today, I pray that you take these words to heart. And I pray that you never lose sight of this important truth. That when it comes to our salvation, we are not saved because we are good. We're saved because God is great. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemevlutheran.org. May God bless you today and every day.